The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Stomps, stomps, stomps. <laughs> you are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I Candy Kimsey. Like Dove chocolate, choose pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of candy. Straight out of, no, no, you're not. Oh, no. Okay. No, I got plenty. No, oh, we got to look nice. up like Asian uh, candy. Yeah, you got to like Indonesia. Get outside of America, pal. Hachu, baby. Hachu. Oh, hey, Pocky. Oh, there's got to be one for Pocky. <laughs> it's a, it's a no, little girls stick. love Pocky. I mean, well, you just heard straight out of Compton, Ralph Hicks. Represent. Behind the glass, Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. Sarita, the Rita Edgerton. Hula. I can't believe it. All of the boroughs are in the studio. Cherry the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't I, love use when he, I love when he introduces Sarita because it's like we're super proud of having somebody that can read aloud. <laughs> yeah. okay. She can read it really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh. <laughs> like so excited about that. I have some really cool feedback, guys. So, this episode that we are recording uh, is the same day that we released uh, Michael Sullivan's testimony. And so, Andy's going to have to push this one ahead of all the other ones because it has to release next Thursday. Okay. And so this is Esther part seven, but you guys who are listening heard Michael Sullivan. We just finished the Berean Bible Church, you know, six weeks, you know, of testimonies and the round table. And I got some feedback and this is really cool. I thought you guys should hear this. This comes from Kim out of Vermont. This is a superb round table discussion. And these are my kind of speakers, articulate, substantive, and each with each one and what they have to say. Speaking from a place of doing their homework, and they obviously know what they're talking about. That is true about them. And they yet, do. it was not a chaotic free-for-all. The discussion flows seamlessly. The moderator did a great job of keeping these things organized and on subject. So I definitely wanted to read that one because he was bragging on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my. So was that of the one that we were... That we did up there? When we were at Berean and we had everybody, you know, we had the, right. we called it the round table, the which panel, ended up being yeah. like a semicircle kind of, but the panel. Well, most of the people there respected each other too. So, you know, they're, yeah. they're not stepping on each other. But they're not trying they, to get their know, idea across. They all give each other ground. Yeah, that was, but my fear, of course, is that we were going to get into this sort of a back and forth debate about what this particular thing means. And I was really glad that they didn't do that. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, thank and some you, of them Kim, paired up and, and taglined on each other too. It's like, yeah, yeah I yeah. work with so-and-so and we did this. And, oh yeah, that's right. Thank you, Kim, for from Vermont. And uh, I would love to be up there this time of year because you can go on those uh, covered bridge tours in Vermont. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'll have to use uh, Google, you know, Google Maps for that. Have you ever seen that? You can actually get down on and do like street view. And oh, you can and go, go through, through the, the covers. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's the only way I'll get to see it this year. The other one comes from Rick out of Columbia, South Carolina. Down Suspicious. No yeah, relation. I was thinking the same. That's yeah. sus right there, as my kids would say. That's so sus. Why is that sus? Your Rick, name's Rick. Oh, you, yeah, but I'm not from Columbia. That. Oh, you could I just— I absolutely <laughs> handpicked it because it's, it's Rick, and here's why. 
He says, I love this podcast. Oh. It's one of the greatest ones I've ever heard. Well, that's amazing. Oh, thank you, Rick. I got word of it through Berean Bible Church. So there you go. Okay. Um, I loved the journey of eschatology and the change through the Olivet Discourse, which is kind okay. of what, yeah, you see that. It is really life-changing when you become a preterist. Again, I absolutely love the podcast. I can't get enough, and I'm almost done with every single episode. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that was a very polite hurry up. I know. I got to get some release, but this that was really nice. So thank you, Rick, out of Columbia for saying that. It was really cool. Um, Bill Evans, the truck driver theologian, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, has decided to attach me to everything that he's putting out on Facebook. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and so, but he's attacking me as the burrows of Berea. Okay. So we're getting thrown into these conversations. And let me tell you a little something. These guys are beasts. Like these guys, these are like well learned. Oh of, my yeah. gosh. I feel, you know. Every when every time in my field, no matter what field I'm in, I always feel like I'm the dumbest guy in the room. That's the best way to be, man. Oh, I'm you want to be surrounded Virginia by people smarter than sure. yourself. So I always enter in by, I'm going to regret saying this because I'm not a <laughs> theologian or a scholar. Yeah. So be gentle. I always say be gentle when I come in and then I give my spiel. And so generally people have been nice, but I have seen some pretty ugly stuff on these these. Uh, Especially the preterist ones, like they, these. If you are a partial versus a full, oh, watch out, man! These guys are. All I got over tagged each other. in one of those on Twitter. I don't know how that happened. No, I had to undo myself out of the conversation. It got ugly. I'm like, you people aren't acting like Christians towards one another. Y'all <laughs> need to stop. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man. Christians love a little bit of subdivision for certain. Yeah, I mean, what am I? I don't. <laughs> well, there are enough of them. Do. But yeah. from all of this, the funniest thing that I saw was this meme, and you've probably seen it. And it's this man sitting in front of a computer, and there's a wife that's sitting out, like outside of the kitchen like looking at him. And she said, honey, are you coming? And he says, not right now. There's somebody wrong on the internet. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's that's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's a good so one. So thank you, Kim from, from Vermont, and also Rick from Columbia. That was very nice of you to say. We really we try here. We are not theologians. We are not scholars. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. We love it. We enjoy it. But uh, if you're looking to get everything right, you've come to the wrong place. We're all <laughs> trying to learn, you know. But if you want to learn with us and have some fun, talk to us. Send us messages like that. If they're negative— Send them to andy.bishop at <laughs> yeah. brosabria.com. And we're always one sixth right. I just won't tell you which sixth. <laughs> I will, however, say that it does change. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. Like my my pal Mike Sullivan, that's been on the show a couple of times, you know, we've become really good friends. And uh, he sent me a message today uh, that he said, I don't know what it is, but everybody brings me these arguments. And he said, they're, they come at me so fast, I feel like I'm in a Bruce Lee movie. And you know how, like, when Bruce Lee gets oh, yeah. in a fight, they come from every direction? So he sent me this awesome, is it GIF or JIF? I don't know how you pronounce it. G-I-F? GIF? GIF. It's JIF. No. It's GIF. It's GIF. GIF. It, the guy who invented it says it's Jeff. Oh, yeah, he's wrong though. Well, that can happen. <laughs> but G stands for graphical, right? So we're going to. It's not out- giraffics. <laughs> it's it is if you're in this studio. baby. All right, all right. Enough of that. Sarita, <laughs> coming to you live from the gi- talk about <laughs> giraffe studio yeah. in beautiful Hendersonville, North Carolina. 
Well, guys, we're, we are finally getting back to Esther. I am so sorry. We have pushed out, pushed out so much with Esther. Even Billy has said over and over, this is the longest relationship he's had with a woman in the last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a start, Billy. Yeah, this is yeah. a start. Yeah. <laughs> start with a queen. There you yes, go. queen. Yes, queen. So, so for this, part seven, uh, we are actually going to do two chapters, not because we're in a hurry, but because chapter seven is short and chapter eight is long. And so we can get both of these in. And this, the final part will be part eight, and we'll do chapters nine and 10. And so this is actually going to get good. So if you, have, if you don't remember where we were, I'm going to do a quick recap and try to get us all back on the, the same page here. So where we were in part six, the king had had a bad case of insomnia. He wanted a servant to go and get the book of the Chronicles to read to him. He opens the book. The servant lands on the place where Mordecai the Jew had the discovery of the plot to assassinate the king and by the hands of two of the king's eunuchs. So the king asks, what reward do we give to Mordecai? And the servant replies, nothing's been done for him. So at that same time in the morning, Haman arrives at the palace. He's ready to make his request that he wants to hang Mordecai, you know, for the disrespect that he's shown to Haman. And the servant who is in the court tells the king, uh, yeah, it's Haman that's in the court. And so the king requests Haman to come before him. And then before Haman gets the chance to talk, the king says, what would you do if you want, if the king wanted to honor somebody? And Haman, thinking that it was himself, is like, here's what you should do. And he throws, he talks about put on the robes and get him on the king's horse and walk him around the city and say, this magical thing, uh, like, what was it that he said? Hold on, I can't find it. Anyway, so he's supposed to say, this is the man in whom the king honors, delights to honor or whatever. And so it's Haman that's leading Mordecai, you know, around. That's what exactly what happens. He says, Haman, go do this to Mordecai. So, oh no, this is a problem. <laughs> you know, it's like Mr. Bill. Oh no. And then uh, he takes Mordecai around. This He covers his head and he leaves after the day. Haman goes back to the gate, back into his sack, sackcloth and ashes. When Haman gets home, he's like, oh, this isn't good. They're building the gallows, you know, <laughs> and he knows this is not right. And suddenly the servants that came from the king's house come to get Haman. So that's where we are now when we get into chapter seven. Um, so what we... The last thing that we read in the last one is uh, Esther 6.14, when it says, While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. So, Rita, so Rita, Rita, do you mind reading Esther uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6? Let's get into this thing. So, the king and Haman went in to feast with Queen Esther. And on the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, what is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Even to the half of my kingdom, it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be granted me for my wish and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated." And if we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent, for our affliction is not to be compared with the loss to the king. Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he who has dared to do this? And Esther said, A foe and enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. <laughs> Billy, what do you think of dun, that, man? Dun, dun. 
pretty intense. <laughs> Could you imagine being Haman? Yeah, you're just sitting there listening to this chick talk, and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> he's starting to sweat. Yeah, Where's my horse? I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing is, is I, ne- I never really get a good picture of uh, of the king in this, like, personally. Yeah. Like, you know, he likes to drink and cavort a little bit, but that doesn't mean much. So does everybody to some extent, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, like, I have no idea what sort of man the king is so it's like hard for me to gauge like exactly how freaked out he should be mm-hmm. yeah because you're just like that's that's a death sentence or maybe a good ribbing depending you know what i mean yeah but you're gonna hear momentarily you're gonna hear how the He's king responds yeah but for right now Haman is what would you call it pooping bricks mm-hmm. let me say it's a bad way yeah He's yeah. sitting at the table, and it says that he gets afraid. But Esther is, remember, Esther fasted. Esther has made this happen. This is the second day she prepared a feast. And one of the things I was thinking of is like, let's get in the head. Let's get in the head of each of these people. So Esther finally gets her moment, and she looks at the king, and she was like, yeah, this dude, here's the douche. This is the guy. <laughs> like, he's right here is the foe and the enemy of the king. And so... King Ahasuerus, we've talked as if he was like a dumb oaf, but we learned that he's really not that dumb. He he may he may know more than he lets on, but he's kind of. I think that his heart's being turned by the Lord. Like I think that's like he's sort of just like hanging in the balance always, which is odd when you think about a king that the king would be in control. But when you hear a religious story or a God story, then God's going to be the one that's in control, even though you don't hear his name, right? Sure. So the answer to the fasting. What do you think about this, Cherry? I'm just imagining sitting there and somebody just blasting you out right there at the table and you're just <laughs> sitting there like teeth fall out. Oh my gosh, this just happened to me kind of thing. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Sarita? Well, you know, if you can imagine back to when you're like a teenager in middle school and you go sit at the dinner table and your mom says, so found out today that Someone lied at school about whatever, and it was you, yeah. and you know, like she's asking you a question, <laughs> and you know she knows that she that you know that she knows, yeah, that you're in trouble, and so you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, how did she find out? How did this happen? What's going to happen to? I mean, I'm going to get in so much more trouble because I lied. You, you know, there's a whole bunch. Now, that typically doesn't get the death penalty in America, <laughs> but Haman literally, I bet he went loosey-goosey all up in his uh, tummy region and sweat. Oh, my goodness. What about you, Ralph? How, what do you think? Where's my horse? Yeah, can I help? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can you take that thing down by the morning? Uh, you no, know, I... Sending a text message, get the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get right, rid yeah. of the evidence. You just now. reminded What's me. What's doing here? I told you guys to take this down yesterday. You just reminded me when the one time my my daughter, she's going to be mad for me saying this, but when she was in high school, her senior year, she decided to skip school mm-hmm. 60 times. <laughs> and wow. I discovered it, of course. I don't understand. You know, it's, I, I couldn't believe that I missed it. Like, how did, how did this possible? And so the I get called at the school and I find out and she's like, yeah, like she's missed 60 days. And I was like, oh, wow. And she's like, and I was like, well, don't call her down to the office because I'm going to deal with this at home. And when you, what you just said about your mom with you is exactly what I did to my daughter. I asked her because she wasn't at school that day. And I was like, don't, don't say anything. So when she got, I was like, how was school today? And she was like, oh, 
And I was like, what? And she's like, it's just brutal. This is brutal. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm so ready to graduate. You know, and I'm like, I bet you are. How was school for the last two months? <laughs> so she had to go to school in the evenings. She had to go to school on the weekends. Oh, wow. She had it was like community service. Sixty out of 180 days. Dude, that's, that's pretty that's, 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 that's talented. I, I mean, that's third, yeah. but well, guess what? what? She was not gonna not graduate. I that's promise right. you that. Dang. Okay. Can I, I add here that I'm sorry. No, go ahead. That Esther was fasting. That's right. Has anybody in here ever fasted? Yes. Yes. Can't imagine. Have you ever fasted and prepared food for other people? I have. Yeah. And now she's probably not preparing her own food, but she's overseeing the charcuterie board and the chips and dip and the the hummus. Yeah. She is in the middle of the hummus. the hummus, the grapes, the figs, literally all that stuff. in the middle she of the hummus. Is yep. Hungry. This is day three. Mm-hmm. She is hungry. Man, the Lord had to have been propping her up because I've had to do that. I fasted, but my kids had to eat. Yeah. Well, the Lord was in the king's ear the night before. That's why he couldn't sleep. That's correct. And I wonder if she actually was hungry because I fasted and I wasn't hungry at all. No, no. After a time. After you get over it. After a time. But I have to tell you, I have had to make supper and it is difficult. You are hungry. Those smells make you hungry. I mean, I got hungry. Yeah, I just, uh, she's hungry to get some Haman. Yeah. yeah, like Haman. <laughs> A piece of Haman. Maybe not in the way I said it. I don't it, know. But, no. If you really think about it, as probably as nervous as she possibly was, she might not have been too hungry. Maybe she wasn't. You're right. Maybe. You know, I mean, she's got to go in front of her husband and tell him who she is. She has to reveal who she is, mm. which she already knows is a death sentence. Yep. And then she has to then tell him that his buddy is the reason why his I give the most to the treasury yeah yeah like his the drinking buddy, buddy and, yeah so yeah. she may I mean hopefully I would think that the Lord gave her peace to be able to you know go forward like that but I don't know if I'd be too hungry well let's go on to ch- uh, verse 7 through 10 and let's see how the king responds And the king arose in his wrath from the wine drinking and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm was determined against him by the king. And the king returned from the palace garden to the place where they were drinking wine, as Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. And the king said, Will he even assault the queen in my presence in my own house? As the word left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Moreover, the gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, is standing at Haman's house 50 cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the wrath of the king abated. <laughs> he is super pissed. Like, he goes out to the palace garden. It sounds like he's trying to blow off steam, is what it almost sounds like. But inside Haman, he's thinking... Was he counting to 10? I'm de- yeah. <laughs> he's going to take some deep breaths. Or get a, maybe a smoke a camel. Woosah. <laughs> hey, King, have some of this. <laughs> yeah, he might Holy get something crap. stronger than camel. <laughs> so... Whenever he, you know, he goes out. So there's Haman. He's just like falling on Esther, just begging. And here's the cool part. When you look at the word that he used as assault, did you guys see what that word actually means? 
It means rape. So he sees this as a full-on assault that Haman, you know, he's angry. King's angry, and he sees Haman, like, fawning all over his wife and everything. I don't know. I don't know why I would think it is rape other than his just anger is seeing everything that he wants to see right now. And he sees Esther, like, you know, being pawed at and, you know, by this man who she just said was the foe and the enemy of the Jew. What were you about to say, Sarita? Oh, you just looked at me like you were going to speak. So here's something. This is in the, do you remember how I told you guys that there are acrostics? Remember, there are four acrostics inside Esther where YHVH is either forward or backward. Right. Mm -hmm. This is, the final one, okay, is right here. The final one is in verse 7 of chapter 7, and it is pronounced, That evil was determined against him. So, in that place— Say that again. (laughs) <laughs> Would you like me to say it more like uh, that's a, So anyway, that's What about it. his elephant? And I, exactly, and it's forward Why are you looking at me when you say elephant? The, the YHVH, the tetragrammaton is actually forward in this Which means that it's on the positive side for the Jew or from God's side, you would say. So this is the last time you see it. They, there is a question of whether there is one more in this, but the letter is different. Different. It's J-H-V-H. That's where we would hear like the Jehovah, whatever, but it's not the Y-H-V-H. So I don't know if that fifth one should be in there or not, but definitely this is the fourth one, and that's where it shows up. So now Haman has built this gallow for Mordecai, and it's just this righteous justice, just immediate, you know? All of a sudden, himself, he himself is the one that's being hung on it. And then the king was fine. He was no longer angry. It says the king's anger abated. He's easy to please. All you got to do is hang him. Yeah, just, that's <laughs> no just problem. it. Like, just hang him and that's the end of it. Now, if you think about it, not only has the fast, the fast been answered, but Mordecai's enemy has been eliminated and remember, he's a Gogite, Agag, Agag, you know, an Agagite or an Amalekite. So this is kind of like this poetic justice. And we're going to hear about this as we get through the story. You're going to see what we talked about, how the Israelites and the Amalekites way back during Moses' time, when, when God told him to eliminate these people and they just would never go away. And then when we get to King Saul and Samuel hacks up, you know, Agag, the king, this is a descendant of that king. And you've heard in, um, if you hear in Ezekiel, uh, it talks about Gog and Magog. Well, here they are, Agog, Agag. It's actually, he's a Gogite. So pretty cool, huh? There's actually some prophecy that's fulfilled here. I won't get into that. Maybe one day I'll let Bob Cruikshank do that. So that... Let's see here. Now, that finishes chapter 7. So, if you don't mind, let's get into chapter 8. Let's see what's going to happen. Let's read the first two verses. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what what he was to her. And the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. What do you think of that? I mean, imagine that. 
you catch that, Andy? No. Mordecai is now <laughs> second in command. Ooh. And he took He's a, got the ring. T- they took Ooh. out his power. Too. A signet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying they, 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 they take they take everything. Yeah. I mean You're done. The, the fact is is that Haman's house was now given to Esther. Mordecai becomes what Haman once was. Now he's second in command over the entire Persian Empire. So that's a quite a change of uh Yes station. Of, although although as Sarita pointed out, maybe not quite as wild as one might think, because he obviously I think Sir is completely right about him being at least a known commodity. Maybe not a power broker in a meaningful sense, mm-hmm. but a known commodity. I right. Yeah. And if nothing else, it is known to the king that Mordecai saved his life. Yeah, saved his he life. He knows that. Yeah. And so now, not only has he undone the enemy of the Jew for him by having him hung on the actual gallow that was meant for Mordecai, but he elevates Mordecai to the place of second in command and gives him the same ring that he gave at one time to Haman. Now, Haman would give the ring back. You don't ever actually hear about Mordecai giving the ring back in there, but you do hear about, hear about Haman doing it. So, let's go on to uh, read verse 3 through 8, if you don't mind. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king and she said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king and I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, who were in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows, because he intended to lay hands on the Jews. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring, for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. Yeah, so we have a quandary here. So obviously, Esther is feeling this. She knows okay, even though all of this has been reversed, this decree that's been made is still on us. We're going to get killed. So she asked him to undo it. And that's literally something that the king cannot do. Did he know about the creed? The king? The decree? Yeah. I don't know because... Because Haman sent it. Haman is the one that created it, but he had the signet ring, but I can't remember. I don't know if the king actually knew it. Yes, he did. I thought, that, he, I thought did. he told him, and he, he told did. him to okay. go forward. Okay. He told him there was an enemy of his people. And they needed to be destroyed. They needed to be destroyed, and then he gave him the ring. Very non-specific. So, yes. That's right. Sort of. Not yeah. necessarily that it was the Jews, but yeah. it definitely was a people. It actually mentions the people. It doesn't even say the Jew about that. Some real bad guys out there. Oh, by the way, I want to kill your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? But he didn't know, right? Haman didn't even know Esther was a Jew. I mean, if he had, he probably wouldn't have messed with him. Oh, absolutely Think not. about it. So... Even though Mordecai was trying to hide his race, it actually worked out in the benefit, right? So, but here we have now this, the king looks at her and says, listen, I've given you his house. I've hung him on the gallow. You know, he was, but there's nothing I can really do about this decree. However, he gives her an out. He says, all right, I'll give you the ring. And then you guys can write a decree, you know, that 
it doesn't reverse it, but it's like they can do something. They can write something else like, and they're going to. They're actually going to write another decree, and we're going to hear about it here in just a second. But it's so critical to remember that whenever a king makes a law, the law can't be changed, right? And so, like, I, I always think of Christ when I'm trying to think, like, when I think of kings and when all this, like, I think of Jesus and how there was something on man. Man, there was nothing that man could do about it. He couldn't solve it. And when Christ came, Christ was forced into a place where the decree couldn't change either. Remember, he's, he's kneeling at the stone and he's like, Lord, if this cup could pass from me. But it couldn't because that decree could never be reversed because it was the nature of God when it came to sin. So I think about this when I see King Ahasuerus and how there's a decree to be written, how there was a new, a new beginning, a new covenant through Christ who would fulfill those very decrees that were laid against all of man and fulfill it in himself to where we could receive the grace, right? That's how I, that's sort of like a type any type thing. But anyway, if you don't mind, Srita, would you read all the way through verse 14? The king's scribes were summoned at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day. And an edict was written according to all that Mordecai commanded concerning the Jews, to the satraps and to the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces, to each province in its own script, to each people in its own language, and also the Jews in their script and in their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring. Then he sent the letters by mounted couriers riding on swift horses that were used in the king's service, bred from the royal stud, saying that the king allowed the Jews, who were in every city, to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods on one day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar. A copy of what was written was to be issued as a decree in every province, being publicly displayed to all peoples. And the Jews were ready to be on that day, were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. So the couriers mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's command, and the decree was issued in Susa, the citadel. Thank you. So basically what we've got here is earlier we've read the same exact thing, how the decree went out, 127 provinces, the satraps and all that. I loved that they were like, to every sort of people— and Jews, <laughs> and, in, and in every human language, and also Jewish. <laughs> they had to make sure that the Jews knew what was up, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, also insert obligatory purge joke here. I don't know how that works, but it does. It is. It's a purge. It's That's that exactly one day. Right. Yep, exactly. So what he's saying is that now, if you remember, it's the it's the thirteenth of the month of Adar, and so that's. Originally, he had one year from the time that he put out the decree. Well, now we're in the month of Savan on the 23rd day. So that means that's the third month and that they've got nine months, right? Actually, eight months, according to their calendar, until they get. So now when they had all these edicts and all these things sent out by horses, if you notice what it says here, it says swift horses and hurriedly. And that's because snail mail, snail mail be like right. that, 
right? So now they're in a hurry. They're trying to get this message out to they say, They didn't have okay. Amazon to do a two-day prom delivery? <laughs> they didn't have drones. They didn't have nothing. Yeah, they just had these, these horses, these really fast horses. These, the king's horses, actually, that they sent out. And so... The Pony Express. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's, that's how it worked, though. I'm sure it was a relay, uh, like a relay system like that. Probably. Has a weird fact, the Pony Express only really technically existed for like two months or something like something wild. Do you want like to know that? something even crazier? My great-grandfather, Harvey Welch, was in it. Look it Are up. Are you kidding? That's he was so in the Pony cool. Express. Great-great-grandfather. Sorry. That's really neat. Yep. What? What was that look, Cherry? <laughs> Listen, he had to wipe their butts. That's what he did. He didn't ride, but he took care of the poo. No, just kidding. So, yeah, so here we are. They've issued this decree. So, on this day, you have the right to protect yourself. Let's get this message out so that you can be ready. So, God has answered the fast. He's made this possible to where now they can at least protect themselves or defend themselves, right? So, if you would, let's go ahead and read 15 through 17, shall we? Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in the royal robes of blue and white, with a great golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple, and the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor, and in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday, and many from the peoples of the country declare themselves Jews for fear of the Jews had fallen on them. Isn't that wild? Wow. Evangelicalism. So now everybody is like, uh, let's act like the Jew. Like before, they're like, we're going to kill them here in a few months, right? We're Jew hunting. Now they're pretending to be Jews. Yeah, so I wonder what the, the population breakdown is. Like, I don't know. Like what is the percentage of Jews got to be before... You feel it's like you got to act like that, that people are just like, better be Jewish, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Because I mean, if I just, it was like 100 to 1, that you know, they might not be involved, but they probably wouldn't bother pretending to be Jewish. There's got to be a reasonable expectation of— Can you imagine I the know. back room guys? Like someone, hey, guys, you want to be Jewish? Come here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and if you think about it, if you remember, like, there are Nazi times whenever they put the golden Star of David on them, you know, so that— you would know, okay, these people are Jews. They would, there were Germans, you know, that looked Jewish. Oh, yeah. And they had those moments, you know, even in that time where they were like throwing these people in the ghetto and they're like, I'm not even Jewish. How many people know that on Dr. Seuss, Stars on Dars, those are the Jewish stars of David from Nazism? I had no idea. Yeah. Is that good yeah. or bad? It, they were, they were, it was their way of protesting. Sneetches. It. Yeah, the Sneetches. Stars upon what ours. I'm saying is, you said Dr. Seuss. Yeah, Dr. Seuss had. Was it. he saying was this a good thing or a bad thing that Seuss was doing? It was a good thing. Oh, Seuss okay. was getting it out there that this, you know, this really happened. Yeah, and that you know he's teaching all of the kids that this isn't right to persecute somebody just because of this one thing. Well, I didn't know that. It's crazy. I haven't read that one in a long time. The TV show. Like, it's a show. It's a show. Yeah, it uh -huh. comes on every Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. What's the name of it again? It's Dr. Seuss. I don't know if How I think Grinch it's stole Stars Christmas. on Stars. <laughs> no, I think it's... Uh... You're a mean one. Oh. <laughs> I have it at home. Anyway, yeah. neat fact. Yeah, that is neat. So, the 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 amazing turn of events. This These two chapters, or it's like, it's this whole story's turned on its head. And so now, you hear about the feast. And if you remember, we did it kick off of Purim, 
Remember the kickoff of the feast oh, of yeah. Purim. So that is this feast that we're about to, that that we were talking about. This feast of Esther or Purim. Purim means lot, and that's where this all started. Haman cast lots. It landed on the thirteenth of Adar. That's when we're going to kill the Jews. Then they now later on, as God turns this on its head and gives Mordecai power and Queen Esther power, then they write these edicts that happen again on the 13th of Adar. And that is when Purim takes place, is on the 13th of Adar every single year. And so little kids dress up in sort of like a Halloween kind of thing. And they do little marionette puppet shows. Yeah. I used to work at a place where we had a bunch of— Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Sorry. Where we had a bunch of uh, people who were of the Jewish faith, and they invited me one time. It was really, really interesting. Yeah. And then the food, like, remember, they make Haman's ears. Right. And then Ralph taught us how every time you heard Haman, there were boo, hiss. Yeah, you know. And if you heard Mordecai, and there was much rejoicing. (laughs) (laughs) And then they throw bread. And then, yeah. So, I'm sorry it's taken us so long to get to part seven, guys, on Esther, but um, this was our summer series, so we did get part seven in before the summer was over, but we will finish part eight next December. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll hopefully try to squeeze it in here in the next couple of weeks and get it done. You didn't say which summer. Uh, <laughs> you didn't say which summer. Which yeah. summer. Right. We don't have, you know, honestly, we don't. We don't ever really do much in order anyway, so maybe it goes with our ADHD or my ADD, whatever you want to call it, but um, we've been very fortunate this year with all of the people that have been willing to come on the show. Oh, absolutely. And guys, the, the it's building. Like I, th- I was going to end it this year. I had all intents of just doing testimonies for one year. And I've got so many people. I'm already going into February. Like, I have to continue because we're getting so many people. Yeah, you're getting oh, yeah. people Why that are so interesting, you stop. can't say no. You don't want to say yeah. no. And God is no respecter of persons. Anybody that's listening to this show, if you want to share your testimony, email me and you can come and be on the show. I'm all about it. God's no respecter of persons and neither am I. So, you know, it doesn't matter. But we are getting some people that have some influence, you know, in the Christian world. There's a couple that are really coming that are like huge. And when you hear these names, you guys are going to, I mean, Sarita's going to like melt in the I've studio. Heard, I've heard some We can't of them. say it. We cannot say it. We're not allowed to say it yet. It's into, I have to wait till I get it under contract. You just have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some stuff coming. And uh, I wonder who wrote the Rocky Horror Picture Show because maybe See, they somebody were, got my reference. Well, maybe maybe they were putting. Uh, you know, if you think about it, some of the things that they were doing every time someone's Janet spoke, they said something. They threw toast. They did different things. Who knows? Right, like that. It's sort of a, of a similar tradition. Certainly, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, you write what you know. Just sure, absolutely. sure. Yeah, uh, you know. Speaking of which, you were asking about the king Ahasuerus. Uh, so that's uh, that was also King King Xerxes the first. Uh-huh. So his Cyrus the Great was his great who was his grandfather. Right. Darius the first with his dad. They conquered you know like fifty kingdoms or tribes there in that area, and he was known for doing that. And he also did a lot of. Um, uh, um, cultural things as well. And then he was conquered by the Greeks. But uh, because of that, I think that kind of left a lull there and enabled uh, the story of Esther to, to come out and then for him to stand out for more than uh, his other accomplishments because he was a big military leader. Huh. Yeah, most of Xerxes the first is the one that fought the Spartans. We talked about that in right. the hot gates. Remember? This is Spartanburg! 
That's pretty close to where you live, isn't it? <laughs> I live in Spartanburg. <laughs> Sariti, I dare you to say it when you get home. This is Spartanburg. <laughs> no, I I'm am good. Spartanburg. <laughs> we just clandestinely need to build a little uh, model of that at the entry to the city with a big sign that says, this is Spartanburg. That would be hilarious. <laughs> With like a little Gerard Butler and his little. Oh please! Yes. I would like to spray on. <laughs> yes, <like> please. <laughs> yes, Queen. When, when I was in, she has spoken. Back in the day, whenever I was, I dressed up as one of the Spartans. I have to find this picture, and I literally sprayed the abs on my fat belly. Oh, nice. it was awesome. That's some <laughs> big old abs. <laughs> yeah, it was a thirty pack. Mm. <laughs> that was it, the king size. <laughs> very good. Well, I have a joke. Does anybody like to hear one? Anybody else got any jokes around? Any? Boy, I got a Catholic one. Mr. Mr. Hicks, here we go. Hey, a, I'm George Carlin fan. I've heard them all. <laughs> a drunk staggers into the Catholic church, and he enters into the confessional booth, and he sits down, but he doesn't say a word. And so the priest, trying to be patient, goes, <clears throat> and he's sitting there being patient, and he, <clears throat> You know, still nothing. So he just starts beating on the side of the confession booth, you know. And the drunk mumbles, ain't no use knocking. There's no paper on this side either. Uh, Oh, man. Number number two. Number two. Number two. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Anyway, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Again, we're going to get the Esther series done. We're not going to actually start another series. Uh, until January. Yeah, because we've got a lot of testimonies coming. We've got a lot of side studies coming. And uh, of course, at the end, you know, the boroughs take off a couple of months at the end of the year because we're way ahead. So we won't start the Hebrew study until, um, yeah, like the the first Thursday that we actually come in January. Which is good because that gives people plenty of time to brace for all the lame Hebrew jokes that are coming. <laughs> wow. And I know, you know, that the one thing that we are going to do next year is Notes from the Underground is now splitting outside of the boroughs of Berea. It is uh, Tiziana's show now. She's the host of the show. And we are actually going to break it even off of the RSS. It's going to have its oh, wow. own link outside of the boroughs. Um, it'll, be, it'll still be connected within the boroughs of Berea incorporated but it's uh it's going to be outside of our it'll scope. have its own it'll be like burrows of Berea side studies it'll have its own feed that's whatever. right yeah and so and the same thing's going to happen to the side studies we're going to break it out because what i want the burrows to be is all of us in the room doing the single study and then we will have testimonies too we'll have people come in so you know we'll record one with the study and then one with the testimony and that's just kind of the way we'll do it like it's, a miniature donkey yeah mini donkey mini what do you call donkeys. that baby jack Mini Jack. A churro, baby Jenny. A churro. Isn't that, isn't that like a food? A mini Jenny. It's a, mini, a Mexican mini, donut mini, thing. Mini Jenny. Is it? Churro. Oh, churro and chocolate. Ricky I was a Spanish ridges. teacher. Oh, you were? Yeah. Do you oh. speak Spanish? Claro que sí. <laughs> I don't even know what that Rolling means. Writer. Of course. I was just thinking if you can teach it, you don't have to know it. I was going to say, I love the question after I was a Spanish teacher was, can you speak Spanish? <laughs> no. We know what they say. <laughs> not at all. Can, no, we just kind of made up noises. Those, those that, that can't, can't do, do teach. Uh, those that can't teach, teach Jim. That's what that's what they oh, say. Who's yeah. Jim? <laughs> uh, He's very yeah. easy to teach. Oh. Anyway, Billy, Ralph, Andy, Sarita Cherry, thank you guys for being here. Adios. Thanks, Rick. No, no. Represent. 
<laughs> Represent. Uh, guys, we will talk to you next time on the Burrows of Berea. Burros. Peace, 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 peace. Hey guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. You don't remember Jim? Peace, 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 peace. From Taxi? No. Oh. I didn't watch Taxi. That was before my time. Slow down. What? Is that Jim Belushi? No. No, he's a dark headed guy, wasn't he? Like, uh, kind of like. Christopher Lloyd. Kind of fits me in the mind of. uh, Back to the Future. Like, Back to the Future? Yeah. But he was on Taxi. Oh. Again, before my time. Yeah. Kramer. I was probably holding the antennas. There's a song from the monkeys where the guy's like, Where are we? He's at 7A. Everybody says it because he asks, and they say 7A, and then he asks again, and everybody at the same time says 7A. (laughs) (laughs) And they left it on the recording. It's on the birds, the bees, the monkeys. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People say we're monkey around. Shoo, that's loud. Monkey. That's because I'm screaming. Damn. Spank turn that turn him down a little bit. They should be able to turn him headphones Oh, no, he was just screaming. Oh, well, yeah. well, that would be a problem, wouldn't it? Turn that down. <laughs> I feel like I'm quiet. Maybe I yeah. should just yell more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what I do. Anyway, I'm going to turn me up one We're rolling. Andy's going to turn rolling, himself rolling, on. Rolling. Yeah. Get them dolly. Yeah. We'll, see. we'll see if I regret giving myself hey, Randy. a little juice. Oh, hey, Andy. <laughs> Randy. It's funny because my <laughs> wife will call me Randy on purpose because she thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it.